Okay, the theme for the passage tonight is True Peace Found in Faithful Love. And the title is The Eternal Fire of Love. It's a poem by A.E. Hausman. The loveliest of trees, the cherry now, is hung with bloom along the bough and stands above the woodland ride wearing white for Easter tide. Now of my three score years and ten, twenty will not come again, <coughs> and take from seventy springs a score, it only leaves me fifty more. And I looked at that poem and I thought, huh, I only have six more. <laughs> um, the years have gone by. I have always loved trees. From my childhood memories of climbing my favorite apple tree higher than my younger siblings, to my recent history of planting trees at our different homes where Peter and I have lived. One favorite memory was planting a cherry tree um, at our Halberd Street home with my three-year-old Daniel and one-year-old Benjamin in 1997. It was a small tree but I could imagine it growing bigger and enjoying the blossoms in the spring from the kitchen window. We moved. When, um, when we would drive down the Halbert, Halbert Street to talk about the memories of our first home with our boys, I wondered about the cherry tree tucked in the backyard. When I saw the address of the Seidelman home, I realized they were moving into our Halberd home. Oh I asked if the cherry tree was still by the side fence. It was. It had grown into a beautiful tree and now is witness to the young Seidelman family <coughs> over two decades later. Trees usually last well beyond the average lifespan of a man. In the Sierra Nevada mountains in California, there is reportedly a bristlecone pine tree dated at 5,062 years. Think of the history the ancient trees have witnessed. The cycle of birth and death for multiple generations. In our passage today, we will see again an apple tree that points us backward to past generations and forward to a secure, to, um, a secure and exclusive love. Then remembering back to a time of immaturity when love needed to be protected from awakening too soon. Finally, the continued joy of an exclusive relationship. Because it is easier in our Western brain um, to think chronologically, a lot of poetry in the Bible um, is, is not done chronologically, and Song of Solomon is, is that. Um, but it's easier for us to think chronologically. So we're going to begin with the middle part of the passage today. Um, chapter 8, 
verses 8 through 10. And um, so this is when the brothers say, and we haven't had the brothers since um, the beginning of the Song of Solomon. Um, the brothers say, we have a little sister. She has no breast. What shall we do for our sister on the day she is spoken for? If she is a wall, we will build her, uh, build on her a battlement of silver. But if she is a door, we will enclose her with boards of cedar. I was a wall, and my breasts were like towers. Then I saw in his eyes as one who finds peace. True peace is enjoyed in um, faithful waiting. Taking care of young saplings is not easy. They can be eaten by animals. I've had a few eaten by animals in my, my current home that has probably about 30 deer. Um, or they can be run over carelessly by a lawnmower. My father used to take saplings from his favorite maple tree that turned red-orange in the fall. He would put these saplings into a pot to protect them for a few years um, until they were ready to give away to someone to transplant. We planted one of these maples in our second home in Waterford. He also gave us a peach tree, and we planted that in Waterford. Um, we moved again, but when we drive past the Waterford home, we can see Dad's maple tree is now well over 30 feet high. It's amazing. In verses um, 8 through 10, the brothers um, who were mentioned in in chapter 1, verse 6, um, who had been angry with with their, the bride at that time and made her work outside, um, are asking for advice in raising their sister. Brothers in the ancient Eastern culture were responsible for the safety of their sisters, especially protecting their virginity until they were married. In Genesis 24, we see Rebecca's brothers giving approval for Rebecca to go to Abraham's servant, um, <coughs> go with Abraham's servant to marry Isaac. And then in, in Genesis 34, um, we have Simeon and Levi, um, and they killed all the men of Shechem because of the rape of um, their sister Dinah. In our text, the brothers ask a rhetorical question. Um, though some say it is the bride quoting her brother because it would be strange to add a speaking part for the brothers at the end of the poem. Um, either way, it wouldn't change the meaning of the text, though the bride may say the words in a more sarcastic tone. And that was... Um, a commentary mentioned that. Um, 
we have a little sister. She has no breast. Um, what shall we do for our sister on the day she is spoken for? The sister is an immature virgin that must be protected, like my father's saplings, um, until marriage. Marriage has been arranged. She is spoken for, but not yet married. We all find ourselves in that <clears throat> already but not yet state um, in our Christian life here on earth. In this state, we um, show our love for our beloved who has spoken for us, Jesus, by following his commands. In John 14, 15, Jesus says, If you love me, you will keep my commandments. Like the little sister, we need to guard our hearts and minds against the impurities that the world offers. The brothers gave two ways that they would protect their sisters. If she is a wall, that is, staying a virgin, they will honor her by protecting her with blessing and support. On the other hand, if she is a door, that is, she is, is weak and might become promiscuous, they will barricade her with cedar planks. They set boundaries. As parents, um, we have a responsibility to set boundaries for our children and teach them God's commands. Deuteronomy eleven nineteen says, you shall teach them to your sons, um, talking of them when you sit down in your house and when you walk along the road and when you lie down and when you rise up. Many of you probably remember that from when we studied Deuteronomy. <clears throat> it is knowing God's word that protects us in our weaknesses. But God didn't leave us on our own to find our own way in our already but not yet state. In John 14, 26, we read, um, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I said to you. After the brothers tell how they would protect their sister, um, the bride proclaims that she was a wall. They didn't need to worry. Um, even though her breast had reached maturity, she had waited until marriage to look fully into her beloved's eyes with no shame. <clears throat> she is the Proverbs 31 woman um, whose husband trusts his wife. In um, Proverbs 31, 10 and 11, an excellent wife who can find her worth is far above jewels. The heart of her husband trusts in her and he will have no lack of gain. He knows her heart is undivided in her love for him. Soon after Peter and I were married, Peter asked me to do something difficult. He told me to stop writing to my former <laughs> students who were men. It was hard to give up those connections. 
but I also didn't want anything to come as a wedge between us. It was a test of my heart. In waiting until marriage, she finds peace. Um, not only the trust of her husband, but also wholeness for the woman. The Hebrew word for peace is shalom, meaning completeness, wholeness, a total well-being. Purity, doing passion God's way, leads to peace with self, spouse, family, and community. That was from O'Donnell. Everyone is to remain a wall until the door of marriage is open. From sapling to mature tree, from faithful waiting to faithful devotion, we will look now at the, um, at the maturity of love in the bonds of marriage. True peace enjoyed in faithful devotion, and that's in um, 5-7. Five, five, five through seven, sorry. Um, who is that coming up from the wilderness, leaning on her beloved? Under the apple tree, I awakened you. There your mother was in labor with you. There she <clears throat> bore you was in labor. Set me as a seal upon your heart, as a seal upon your arm, for love is as strong as death. Jealousy is as is fierce as the grave. It flashes the flashes of fire and the very flame of the Lord. Many waters cannot quench love, neither can floods drown it. If a man offers um, for love all the wealth of his house, he would be utterly despised. Again, we have imagery of the wilderness coming up from the wilderness we we had the same imagery in chapter three it's reminiscent of um, the children of Israel coming up from Egypt to the promised land their <clears throat> love was brought uh, their love have, has brought them home to a kind of promised land, a land flowing with milk and honey and wine and fruit, mandrakes, pomegranates, apples. We don't know at what stage of maturity, whether it's after the first week of honeymoon or many years of marriage, but the wife has peace in leaning on her husband as they walk together. In mature intimacy, it is um, relationship that is the climax of love, not sex. There are no military men guarding her like in chapter 3. Her husband gives her affection, protection, and provision with his leadership. Like John leading on Jesus in contented peace, Though, for though he had seen Jesus' power, he also knew Jesus' love. As, a woman, as women of faith, we need to lean on Jesus, like, like the song 
We need to lean on Jesus <coughs> like the wife leaned on her husband. We find true peace in leaning on Jesus and giving our total devotion to him. As the woman leans on her husband, she remembers when their love was stirred up at um, his mother's house. Their love is bigger than just the two of them. You marry the family. Your name is placed in the family tree, recording those who came before you and will record those who come after. When my son Daniel um, did a fourth grade heritage project, I thought he wouldn't get back very far in his family tree. Peter had talked about his aunts and uncles, but most family books were destroyed during the Cultural Revolution. Peter's sister did find an, uh, that their uncle, who still lived in the village of their ancestors, also had the family book that recorded not just the date, but the time that each in the family was born. Um, so it was a lot more information than I thought would be available. And it went well past 3,000 years. I checked before. <laughs> it went back to 1,100 B.C. <laughs> so we just translated to 1600s. <laughs> An ancient tree that I had become a part of when I married Peter. Peter also became part of my family. That traced back to the Mayflower um, and a little bit beyond. An old tree, but not ancient. As O'Donnell says, our society crumbles when love is no bigger than the two of than us two. Um, we are but one generation of all those who went before us um, so that we could be a branch on the tree and all those that come after us as a tree continues to grow. Now that they are a part of the same tree, the woman asked the man, put me like a seal over your heart like a seal on your arm. And that 8-6. She is asking him to take full exclusive possession of her. A seal is used to show ownership. She is also asking that her husband give himself exclusively to her, <clears throat> taking, taking together a seal on the heart and arm would signify the whole person. Love isn't really about compatibility or romance, though those are nice. Those things can fluctuate. Love is an exclusive, lifelong commitment, devotion to another. Devotion is another way of saying sanctified or set apart. The things of the temple were set apart or sanctified for worship. They were devoted to God. The husband and wife are to be devoted to one another, set apart for each other. 
we are also sanctified through Christ and are devoted exclusively to him. We have his seal of ownership on us by the Holy Spirit until our redemption. And um, in Hebrews 10.10, 10, we read, by this we will um, have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. We are set apart because of Christ. And in Ephesians 4.30, it says, Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you are sealed for the day of redemption. What is this love that binds us together? It is as strong as death and fierce as the grave. Now, um, this is where this passage becomes <clears throat> like the Proverbs we're going to be studying in the, in the winter months um, because this is wisdom literature. So, um, love is strong as death and fierce as the grave. Notice the word is parallel um, with love. Uh, notice a word that is parallel with love. It is jealousy. Usually jealousy is seen negatively. But here jealousy is a godly jealousy. It demands um, exclusivity in love. Love is a fire that is a fire that fires like the fire of God. There's so many fires in this passage. <laughs> Flame, fire. Um, like Elijah I, um, on Mount Carmel, when he had a contest with the prophets of Baal, and he told the people to pour water on the altar because water would not quench God's fire from heaven. Love is permanent. Love never ends, as 1 Corinthians 13, 8 says. If anyone tries to buy it, they will be despised, um, verse 8, 7. Some do buy sex, but love can only be given. Love in Hebrew um, is ahava. <coughs> Most Hebrew words have uh, a two or three letter root called a shorash which is present in all forms of the word. The shorish of the, the word ahava um, is hav, which means to give. We see that um, the Hebrew language teaches us that the true expression of love, which is something people often confuse, are confused about, comes from giving of oneself. So as we go on with maturity and love, true <coughs> peace is enjoyed in faithful joy. Um, the final verses in the, the Song of Solomon, <coughs> verses 11 through 14. Um, Solomon had a vineyard in Bahanaman. He let out the vineyard to keepers. Each one of them was to bring for its fruit 
a thousand pieces of silver. My vineyard is my own. Uh, my vineyard is my own is before me. You, O Solomon, may have the thousands and the keepers of the fruit two hundred. O you who dwell in the garden with um, um, with companions listening for your voice, let me hear it. Make haste, my beloved, and be like a gazelle or a young stag on the spice on the mountains of spices. The final verses of the Song of Solomon compares Solomon's bought love, like like in um, verse eight, uh, verse seven, um, chapter eight, verse seven, um, to um, a large. I'm sorry. Compare Solomon's bought love to uh, the exclusivity of the couple in the song. Though Solomon has a large vineyard, he needs to hire people to maintain it. Like chapter 8, verse 7, um, where the person who tries to buy love is despised, Solomon has riches to buy love, but um, doesn't enjoy the exclusive love like the couple that is um, whose love is freely given. There is joy in the couple's love. The man longs to hear the voice of his bride as she is in the garden. The woman longs to run off with her man and enjoy each other. In <coughs> Revelations 19.7 we read, Let us rejoice and be glad and give glory to him for the marriage um, lamb the marriage of the lamb has come and his bride has um, made herself ready. But in the end, we are left longing like in the Song of Solomon. Um, uh, oh, I must have missed one. Um, but in the end, we are, are left longing for more like the Song of Solomon. Revelation also ends with the call of the bridegroom to come. I thought that was very interesting that in the Song of Solomon, the bride says, come to the bridegroom. And in Revelation, we also see that. Marriage exists to point beyond itself, to give us words and concepts that allow us to begin to grasp something bigger. However satisfied we find um, how, whatever satisfaction we find now will pair, pale in comparison to what we experience then. Even the relationship we have, um, we share now, the romance, the fun, the friendship, the intimacy, the till death do us part commitment will be replaced with something better. We will still know one another but as part of something that transcends marriage. And that was from an article that was written by Tim Chalice. Um, Revelations 22.20 says, He who testifies to these things says, Yes, I am coming quickly. Come, Lord Jesus. Are you ready for the consummation of our marriage 
to our beloved at the marriage feast of the Lamb, the marriage that our earthly marriage points <coughs> to in its beautiful God-given pleasure. True peace is enjoyed forever in the Lamb.